Drive, 720 WGN. Keep it tuned right here to 720 WGN for all of your latest on the polar vortex and the weather. Thank you so much, Don, for keeping us informed. And it's Tom Skilling. Uh, and a huge thank you to our panelists of journalists, Seamus Toomey, Phil Rogers, and Taman Bradley in the 7 o'clock hour. We are shifting gears a little bit here. I need to warm my heart and my mind and my body and soul and talk a little bit about one of my favorite places in the entire city, the Lyric Opera of Chicago. Thrilling music, powerful stories, exceptional international cast, company premieres, and memorable productions to experience in the 2019-2020 season. And I'm so thrilled to have my friend here, General Director of the Lyric Opera, Anthony Freud. Thank you, Anthony. You're very welcome, Andrea. I but, lo- uh, but you said it was one of your favorite places in the city. Surely you meant one of your favorite places in the world. In the world. In the world. It's the only opera house I've ever been to. So it absolutely is my favorite you place don't in need the to world. Go anywhere else. I know I don't. I love when you visit me. I love that uh, we've been friends for many years. I'll never forget... Uh, the time you said, how would you like to interview me? And I said, well, of course, I always like to come to the Lyric and interview you for the start of the for the start of our season or your season. And you said, well, I'll bring my friend Renee Fleming. <laughs> and that was still to this day, one of my favorite interviews that we did at the Lyric. It was right before the lunch that you have to to announce the season. And uh, Renee is actually finishing out this season. She is. She's still season. very involved with Lyric. She's our creative consultant. Mm-hmm. And uh, on March 23rd, we have a fantastic concert and gala celebrating the 25th anniversary of Renee's Lyric debut. A wonderful program involving a whole host of great stars, Susan Gray. Uh, Eric Owens um, and Sandra Radvanovsky, who hopefully mm-hmm. will be joining us in a few minutes yes. um, from her snowed-in home. Um, it'll be a fantastic star-studded evening, so really an occasion not to be missed. Absolutely, and it must be wonderful to have the expertise and the experience of somebody like Renee as part of the lyric, as part of it, the consulting and selecting who who and the productions that will be on stage. It's absolutely priceless because Renee of course has this extraordinary career um, and she goes around the world singing um, she's increasingly involved in musical theater productions now she had a very successful run of carousel on Broadway um, earlier this year she was nominated for a Tony Award um, and so she's extraordinarily um, broad in her interests in her uh, reference points and she brings a, a level of imagination and dynamism to our thinking that really um, tremendously enhances what we do many times when you have someone with that star power uh, they're there in name only but she is here she comes to Chicago. She is here. She's with you making decisions along with Sir Andrew. Uh, Renee's decisions tend to be in the area of community engagement, in the area of engagement, uh, education. Um, She, for example, um, uh, curated a a fantastic project um, called Chicago Voices, uh, a major two-year initiative that spanned um, schools work, community-created performances, and a fantastic concert, uh, um, Chicago Voices Gala in the Opera House a year or so ago. Um, She's also curated new work for us. She was the curator of Belcanto, a fantastic uh, large-scale new opera that we did a couple of years ago. She's very, very involved in a whole range of different ways. Uh, and when you combine someone of her experience and knowledge with Sir Andrew Davis's, um, we really do have an extraordinary team of, of amazing uh, artistic minds. A wonderful facet of the lyric 
is Chicago Voices and the other programs where you give back to the community or you encourage the community to either audition or participate, uh, be it through different concerts or different venues or auditioning. Um, I love the fact that your community involvement is really second to none. Lyric, in, Lyric Unlimited is a very intensive, very um, uh, radical uh, community engagement and education initiative. We started it uh, seven or eight years ago, and the activities that Lyric Unlimited encompasses range from commissioning a mariachi opera, commissioning a klezmer opera, to very intensive work in schools all over the city and beyond. Um, we have an annual Opera in the Neighborhoods tour that goes around Chicagoland schools every fall. Uh, we have regular backstage tours. We have um, thousands of students coming to visit the Opera House every year, etc., etc., etc. It really is a, a wonderfully wide-ranging initiative that allows us to deepen our relevance um, around the city. Uh, I, I see a great opera company like Lyric as a cultural service provider. Uh, and through Lyric Unlimited, we can really deepen and broaden our reach and our civic footprint around the city in incredibly important ways. And I think you have. I think you have and you continue to do so as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the 2019-2020 season, but there's so many wonderful performances still at the very tail end of 2018-2019. You mentioned Renee Fleming. I know Electra. Electra, yes. Uh, Richard Strauss's thrilling um, punch to the solar plexus. Um, opera experiences don't come more visceral or, or, or um, more exciting than Electra. Um, it opens this Saturday, February the 2nd. Um, we have a fantastic cast, the great Nina Stemmer uh, in the title role singing uh, Electra, making her really very, very long-awaited lyric debut. Um, Elsa van der Hever, a fabulous South African soprano as Chrysotomus, uh, and Michaela Martins, uh, a, a wonderful um, American and mezzo-soprano as Clitemnestra. Um, Donald Ronicles is, is making his uh, lyric debut conducting this magnificent production uh, and magnificent score. I also love how in the program, or in, in the, uh, the I guess this is the program. The brochure. The brochure. It's, yeah. it, it tells you the story. So Electra, Electra's mother murders her father, leaving Electra hell-bent on revenge in this famed Greek legend. And then you also put, if you like... Revenge movies, a good production of Hamlet, and a thrilling roller coaster ride. There you go. I, there you I go. think that's fantastic. Yeah. And then there's also a Did You Know? Did You Know? Electra is a hair raisingly intense one act opera that clocks in at under two hours, which is amazing. It's the length of, of a great movie. Yes. And it has the impact of a great movie. It's completely thrilling. It's loud, it's visceral, it's exciting. It really, it really blows the roof off in a way that few other operas ever do. How is that possible? One act under two hours. Mm -hmm. One hour, 40 minutes is the running time. And it, you, you stagger out breathless. It's so intense and so entertaining. And we're going to talk more about uh, Verdi's performance of, oh, I did see this ad because it said very, 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 very dynamic or something on, on mm -hmm. the marquee uh -huh. on the side as I was driving in today. Uh, La Traviata. Verdi's La Traviata, one yes. of the most loved operas um, ever written. Uh, a beautiful production and the uh, really gorgeous uh, Russian soprano, Albina Shagimuratova, um, who was so wonderful in Ipuritani last year, in Lucia the year before, a real favorite with 
with our audiences in the title role, uh, singing Violetta, La Traviata. Again, the story within the social circles of sophisticated Paris. The courtesan Violetta lives purely for pleasure, but longs for true love. At last, she meets the love of her life, but their bliss is short-lived. And this is, if you like, Moulin Rouge, a good drinking song, heart-wrenching stories with music to match. And did you know that this is the opera that Richard Gere took Julia Roberts to in Pretty Woman? A multiple Kleenex evening. It's really uh, irresistible. It's romantic. It's heartbreaking. Some of the most beautiful tunes ever written. Sung in Italian. Sung in Italian. But as with all our performances with translated English titles above the stage. So no one need worry about not speaking Italian or German or whatever the language of the performance, because you can follow exactly what is being sung uh, with our super titles. I love that. And even when you did Carousel or Oklahoma... I, I would I would read. I well, would, not with our musicals. We don't supertitle our musicals. So West Side Story, which comes in after the end of the, the opera season, there won't be supertitles. You don't need them. Oh, see, I, I still like to read. I still like to look up and read and read what I'm watching. Well, we rather you watched what was on the stage <laughs> and listened to what was being sung. I'm, I'm working on that. I'm okay. working on that. We're talking to Anthony Freud, the general director of the Lyric Opera, about the end of the 2018-2019 season and what's to come for 2019. Let's round out, before we take a break, let's finish out the 2018 season. Yeah, so the, the last of the eight operas on the main stage yes. um, is Handel's great, great masterpiece, Ariodante. Uh, a, a really exciting, intense, psychological drama. Um, some of Handel's most magnificent music. Uh, a great Richard Jones production that originated at the Aix-en-Provence Festival uh, with a magnificent cast. Alice Coote, uh, a great uh, British mezzo-soprano uh, in the title role. She's one of the world's great Handelians, and it's really wonderful to have her in one of Handel's greatest roles. Okay, this is a few like Baroque music, the plot of the Princess Bride, a really wicked villain, and the triumph of true love. And did you know this production replaces the ballet sequences at the end of each act with puppet shows? They keep the story moving. And, and puppets are a very important factor of this production, as they are when we come to talk about next season, The Queen of Spades, um, also a production directed by Richard Jones, also having some very important puppetry elements. Mm, I love it. And is, is this, this, is, is this the end? An of American Dream. Um, okay, good. Every I didn't year, want to give anything away. No, no, no. Every year, um, for the last few years, we've done a chamber opera out of the opera house. Okay. Um, an American Dream is a Lyric Unlimited present. So it's part of our community engagement and education initiative. Um, it, it's a, a very recent piece, um, music by Jack Perler, and it's a really heartbreaking story um, set in the 1940s about a, a Japanese-American woman uh, and a German-Jewish woman mm. uh, and how their lives intersect unexpectedly uh, it's set on the west coast and and it's about some of the um really now very topical very relevant stories uh, of uh, the persecution of the japanese american community uh, when um the u.s joined world war ii after pearl harbor very timely because this did you know is following the bombing of pearl harbor all japanese americans were required to evacuate the west coast this resulted in the relocation of about 120,000 people many of whom were american citizens to one of 10 internment camps located across the country it's a short piece it runs only for an hour 
um, sung in English at the Harris Theatre. Only two performances, March 15th and March 17th, but really a, a wonderful contemporary work that is um, very lyrical, very moving, very touching, yes. very dramatic. And very limited, again, as you just mentioned, uh, Friday, March 15th at 7 and Sunday, March 17th at 2 p.m. Yes. Get your tickets now. And West Side Story. Yes, you round out 2018, 2019 with West Side Story. Um, we've done a musical at the end of our opera season every year for now, I think it's seven years. Um, one of the great, great masterpieces of the repertoire, not just the musical theater repertoire, Leonard Bernstein, Stephen Sondheim. I mean, a, a tremendous piece based on Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Um, a, a fantastic production directed by Francesca Zambello um, and a really thrilling cast. And it's playing for four weeks. Uh, opens on May 3rd. Come and see it. Don't miss it. Oh. It'll be West Side Story like you've never seen it before, but you've always dreamt of seeing. It truly, truly will. Where can everybody get information or buy tickets or find out everything that you're talking about? Lyricopera.org is really the best place to start, which is our website. Um, all information about performances will be there. All information about buying tickets uh, for this season and for next season. Okay, so fasten your seatbelt. Much, much more to come with Anthony Freud, the general director of the Lyric Opera. After the break, we're going to talk to Sandra Rodvanovsky, a soprano at the Lyric, and we're also going to delve into the 2019 2020 season after this on 720 WGN. <laughs> 853-720-WGN. I'm Andrea Darlis. Thank you for being with us tonight on this cold and frigid evening in Chicago, but this will warm your heart. We're talking to Anthony Freud, the general director of the Lyric Opera, about the end of the 2018-2019 season and the start of the 2019-2020 season at the Lyric and featured prominently once again, Berwin's very own Sandra. Sandra Radvanovsky. Did I say it okay? Hello. Hello. Sandra, we missed you here in our frigid weather. Oh, well, we're having our own frigid weather here in Toronto. We're up to a foot of snow already, so woohoo! We it's are exciting. So, we are so happy you are with us. I know you are going to be, uh, vi- you're, you're at the, uh, in the Renee Fleming piece, which is, uh, coming up in yes. March 23rd. March Hi, 23rd, Sandra. her Good 25th evening. anniversary gala, yeah. Yeah, Anthony is here with us as well. Hi, Sandra. Hello, great, Anthony. Great to Hi. chat with you. Can't wait to welcome you back to Chicago. Back home. I can't wait I either. Say. Back home now, Sandra. So looking forward to it. Now we know you're from Berwyn. Tell us a little bit about growing up in the in the western suburbs. Oh well, you know it's funny. I was just there visiting my mom, who lives in Geneva, and uh, you know it it it's just such a special place to live. Uh, Chicago is so wonderful. The people are so warm, welcoming. It was a great place to grow up because I really was allowed that creative freedom, you know, as as a child to do whatever I wanted to do and, and really embraced all of that. And, the, you know, the Midwest mentality is just so great. And I love coming back every time. I moved away from Chicago, uh, gosh, when I was probably in high school. Um, but it's still, you know, it's in my heart. It's in my soul. It's who I am. And all those formative years were spent there in Chicago. So love coming back. And, and I have a feeling... I'm going to be coming back every season. Am I right, Anthony? You're now? absolutely right. Yes. And we're Yay. talking about some s- such exciting projects for the future. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk a little absolutely. bit about the the, th- the three queens in which you sing and star in Sandra. <laughs> well, you know, this was actually, I can't take credit for it. Uh, this was the conductor, Ricardo Frizzo, who is going to be conducting the concert. This was his, really his baby and his idea as we were 
singing Norma together, and he said, you know what, Sandra, why don't we do a concert of the last act of all three three of these uh, Donizetti queens? Because really, the best music for me is the last act of all three of these operas. And it really showcases the soprano in unlike any other kind of concert. So we are going to be doing the very first of these concerts because I am taking it on a world tour, but Anthony Freud here has agreed to do the very first of these concerts in Chicago, and it is going to be the last act, and it's going to be featuring artists from the Lyric Opera, the Young Artist Program there. And I think it's such a great opportunity for them to get time on stage and to get a showcase for them as well as for me but, but it's and a real sandra it's a real showcase yeah. for you because the last scenes of these three operas maria mm-hmm. stuada mary stewart anna bolena and bolin and roberto devera robert devera they have a, an amazing dazzling um, series of vocal pyrotechnics mm-hmm. um, uh, and I have to say because you can't there's really no one in the world who can sing them like you and so oh, to have a concert featuring you as you say the full chorus and orchestra of lyric opera and soloists from our Ryan Opera Center our, our wonderful mm-hmm. young artist professional development program it will be three very exciting evenings we're doing it three times all three yeah. final scenes performed at each concert I know. I think I'm slightly crazy, and I think you would probably agree with me. <laughs> um, you know, I love challenges, and this is probably the pinnacle of all the challenges that I can do, all three of these last last acts in one evening. But I think the audiences are going to be thrilled because the music is spectacular. Sandra, it really is. It's more of you, Sandra, which is what we want. And, and I think you're attracting a whole new generation now and a whole new group of fans based on Mary Queen of Scots and the favorite and the tutors and the, the, the period pieces that we're seeing from this time now on the big screen and on TV as well. Well, you know, it's, it's really, I think it's a really hot topic right now with Meghan Markle now over there in England with all of the royals. You know, and the royals are really interesting again, and I think it's a very current topic again. So to bring these three queens back, you know, this is a part of the British history, and in a way it's a part of our history in North America as well because of, of the English influence here in North America. And it's fascinating. These stories are just, you can't write better history than this, and it's all true. So we're just perpetuating history, you know, the British history. And Queen Elizabeth, I mean, it doesn't get more fascinating than that. So I think people are going to be fascinated not just by the music, but the the storytelling that we're going to be making. And it's not just going to be standing and singing. We're going to have action going on stage. So it's it's really going to be like three mini operas in one night. And the three characters that you you play each are are, are so fascinating. Mary Stuart, yes. Anne Boleyn, and Queen Elizabeth the First. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a amazing array um, of wide ranging personalities. Mary Stuart Absolutely. is such a such a tragic, vulnerable, passionate figure. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth the First in in Roberto Devereux is Elizabeth in old age, isn't she? Yes. And we see her in her very last moments of life clinging to the hope of love, which what woman, you know, doesn't, doesn't long for that, mm-hmm. uh, to have true love. And to see this, this woman with unrequited love, 
it's it's great. And I have to tell you, in Mary Stewart, Maria Stuarda, the the second that we're going to do, it starts with Anne Boleyn, then Mary Stewart, and then Elizabeth I. We're doing them in historical order. But there is one scene in this last act of Mary Stewart, Maria Stuarda, that has this chorus scene, and it truly is some of the most spectacular choral singing besides the Nabucco Vapensiero, which is beautiful chorus singing as well. Spectacular. And to hear the lyric chorus sing this ensemble with me is going to blow everyone's socks off. I'm sure of it. I cannot wait to see it. Sandra, we're going to ask you to hold on one second. But a performance sure. like that has got to be just so tedious for you as a performer. We're going to talk to you about performing and prepping and a little bit more about your background. And we're claiming you as Chicago's very own, you know. <laughs> so hold on the line. It's Sandra Rodvanovsky, soprano at the Lyric Opera, starring in two different productions. We hit on the three queens. We'll talk with her a little bit more after the news break. And Anthony Freud, the uh, general director of the Lyric, will talk with you. And uh, st- you're not going anywhere. I'm not going buckle, anywhere. Buckle in. You're stuck here with me now. <laughs> It's 909-720 WGN. You just heard Dom with those dangerous wind chills. Bundle up, stay warm. Don't go outside if you don't have to. But this will warm your heart. Just keep the radio right here on 720 WGN and on WGNRadio.com. I'm Andrea Darlis, taking you up until 10 o'clock. And uh, sir, I, rather, I almost called you Sir Andrew Davis. Anthony Freud, the uh, general director of the Lyric Opera, is in studio with us. And Sandra Rodvanovsky, soprano, who is starring in two performances at the Lyric this year, including the Three Queens, which we were talking about, Sandra, before the break. And I learned that this is the first time that you will be performing this particular the other one oh, oh the this queen is, of spades uh, this is the queen. by okay. tchaikovsky oh, this yeah. is the queen of spades yes. well, they're yeah. both first actually in a way ah it will be my first time doing the three queens concert in chicago okay and Pete dom is is a role debut for me ah Woo! so so queen of the, the the queen of the queen of spades though a different queen, yeah. A different, <laughs> different queen. But again, Sandra's being too modest because she sang with huge acclaim at the Met mm-hmm. um, all three of the operas from which yeah. she will be singing the final scene in our concert. So Sandra's famous to have sung at the Met Maria Stuarda, Anna Bolena, and Roberto Devereux. Um, and but this will be the first time that she will be singing in one evening the final scenes of the three operas. Okay, the, the demands yeah. have to be just unbelievable. I mean, I think many would see this as overwhelming, but I see. I think you'd see this as a, as a wonderful challenge, Sandra. You know, it is a challenge, and I I love always pushing myself to to try harder, to do more, to push myself, and really you know, explore my voice and and my dramatic impulses and all of that. And these three queens really have challenged me in every way possible, physically with playing Queen Elizabeth at the end of her life, uh, vocally playing all three of these these wonderful women. Um, the music is just so completely different for each of, of these three queens. And dramatically, it's it's just so wonderful to play these women that are such a significant and historic part of our of our history. And there's so much that's written about all three of them that I feel like I I know them in a way, and I hope that I can kind of telegraph that to the audience as well. But with but, Tchaikovsky's yeah, Queen of Spades, we move into a oh. whole different world, a whole different world oh. of 
uh, spooky psychodrama. Mm. Um, a fantastic role debut for you, the role of Lisa. A very, yeah. very different um, challenge from the, the bel canto world of Donizetti. Different language, different, different time period of music, different style of music, but still spectacular music. And she's such a, a dark kind of Russian character, Lisa is, as opposed to the three queens, which are very much what you see is what you get. But Lisa, okay, she's not the lead in, in the opera, the tenor, absolutely. Brandon Jovanovich, who has sung this role so many times to great acclaim as well. And I'm so happy. This is actually the first time that I will, I will be singing with Brandon and um, really looking forward to it. I think he's sung in Chicago quite a few times, hasn't he? You know, he has. He? He's also a hometown boy, although he's originally from Montana. He, he lives on a farm um, in Illinois, so he's with us yep. on a regular basis. Yep, and a great colleague, a great, a fabulous singer, and this role really, gee, he just sinks the snot out of it, and he acts <laughs> the snot out of it. It's really, it's going to be really an honor to make my role debut with him in this. And the production I hear is spectacular, as you were talking about, Anthony, with the puppets and all of that. It, Robert Jones's productions are always so thrilling and and great to be a part of. So it's a very it's really, a very successful production. It, it mm -hmm. I actually commissioned it when I was general director of Welsh National Opera, but it's been seen in Brussels, in Rome, in Bologna, in Oslo, uh, in San Francisco, in Toronto, uh, and so um, it'll be wonderful to to bring it to. Chicago. Sandra, As, how did your how did your training in when you were younger? I mean, obviously, you knew you wanted to do this from a from a mm -hmm. from a younger age. How did your training mm -hmm. in Berwyn and St. Charles in the Chicago area help prepare you for a, an event like this, a performance like of this magnitude? Well, you know, I will say, being from Berwyn in the Cicero area, um, my father was Czech. And so the languages really, especially in Peak Dom, it's so important to, to have a grasp of the Czech or the Russian languages and because Peak Dom is in is sung in Russian. So I was very fortunate to be surrounded with that whole the the language with my with my grandparents, with my father, with my aunt, and because when I was growing up, Berwyn and Cicero were really a big Czech hub. And so I was really engrossed in all of, of the languages and all of that and, and was taught a lot about the Russian and the Czech history. So I'm really grateful for that. And also, music is just such a big part of the heritage there in, in Chicago. Not necessarily opera, but all kinds of music. And I was really in, just ensconced in all of it and was taken to the lyric at a very young age by my grandparents. And so... It always was part of my upbringing, and it really was, was a part of who I was. And I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity at a young age. And that's really what the, the lyric now nurtures as well, is bringing music to the children. Because if we don't bring music to the children nowadays, our art form is really going to suffer. And I think that that is key when I was a child and now to this generation as well of children, to keep music relevant and present in in their upbringing and their education we are looking forward to seeing you and your return to chicago Yay. and your performances march 23rd is the first time you will see me at renee fleming's 25th anniversary gala and then i'll be back for the three queens and then the peak tom my role debut 
can't wait to see all of you there in Chicago. We will warm things up for you, I promise. Sandra, we can't, can't wait to have you back. <laughs> take, Thank you very take much. Take care and, and so stay warm. To both of you. Absolutely. Thank Thank you. Bye, Sandra. Sandra, are you anywhere? Where can we find you on social media? Can we find you? Where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Absolutely. I've taken a bit of a break from social media because I've had some personal issues uh, with, with my mother and all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter. I am on Facebook. And starting next week, I am going to be going strong and hard with with social media so please uh sandra rabinowski on on all of the social media i will be there and answering all of your questions personally so right away and ask me any questions um i i'd love to have that personal touch to social media i think it's so important so please be in touch with me we're getting a lot a lot of texts from the 630 people uh from your area code can't wait to see you (laughs) thank you so much Thank you so much, Sandra. Stay warm. Bye-bye. Okay, you too now. Oh, she's a delight. I love her. I can't she's wait to wonderful. see her. She's beautiful. And she, oh, she just presses the And limits. a magnificent artist. She's, oh. a, she's a great singing actress. And a wonderful, wonderful person. And two, yes. two of the performances uh, for the 2019-2020 season. We're going to delve more into what's coming up, too, as Absolutely. far as the new season this yes. year. Uh, more after this with Anthony Freud, the general director of the Lyric Opera on 720 WGN. 92720 WGN. We continue our conversation with Anthony Freud, the general director of the Lyric Opera. Let's touch on some of the performances for the 2019-2020 season. And I said this isn't only the best season, it's one of the biggest. Andrea, it's one of the biggest seasons we've ever created because it ends with three complete cycles of Wagner's mammoth ring. The ring of the Nibelung. Maybe the greatest experience anyone can have in an opera house uh, an opportunity to binge watch this extraordinary um, outpouring of human creativity fabulous music um, if, if you've enjoyed the lord of the rings if you've enjoyed star wars you owe it to yourself to actually experience wagner's ring cycle in a week i think it can be done I think it can absolutely. But that's the be. end of the season. That's the There's end. There's an yeah. awful lot going to happen that's before it. That's the end. The start w- is the the Barber of Seville. We start with the Barber of Seville, and those of you who remember Bugs Bunny as the Rabbit of Seville, mm-hmm. come and explore what started it all. Rossini's sparkling, witty, zany comedy um, in a fantastic production directed by Rob Ashford who's a Tony Award winner, Olivia Award winner, Emmy Award winner, um, multiple award-winning director and choreographer. Uh, and his production is, is full of energy, full of wit. Uh, it's lighthearted, it's comic, and it'll be a great opening to our season. And that it will, conducted by our friend. Well, conducted Sir by Andrew. Sir Andrew Davis. And one of the exciting parts of next season is that it marks his 20th season as Lyric's music director, an extraordinary tenure. And just to illustrate how extraordinary, I have some statistics for you. Andrew made his Lyric debut um, just over 30 years ago, and in those 30 years, he's conducted 674 opera performances of 58 different operas by 22 different composers. Oh my goodness. An extraordinary achievement. That is extraordinary. He could never leave. 
He can never leave the Lady And next Cowboy season, he's conducting the Barber of Seville. He's conducting the Queen of Spades, which we just talked to Sandra Radvanovsky about. Yes. And also, he's conducting all three of the ringside. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. That's perfect. Uh, Dead Man Walking caught my eye as well. I know that is in November. Is this is this similar to the movie, the Helen Prejean movie? Well, it's based on Helen Prejean's sister, Helen Prejean's book, and the Oscar award-winning movie. Um, but it's different in interesting ways um it, it, the subject matter is the same it's about uh, a pr- prisoner on death row um in the angola state penitentiary in louisiana um and sister helen um is um a, a, a nun who is a spiritual advisor and a correspondent with a number of inmates um, on death row in Louisiana. Uh, and the, the novel, the, not the novel, the opera features a, a character called Joseph de Rocher. And the opera begins with the crime. And we see that it is a terrible crime. And we see that there is absolutely no doubt that Joseph de Rocher is guilty. Mm-hmm. He's on death row. He's awaiting execution. Then what? The opera is a, a fascinating exploration of the issues around the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Jake Heggie, the composer, and Ter- Terence McNally, the wonderful playwright who's the librettist of this opera, um, really gives us an opportunity to understand the feelings of the victims' families uh, and of the inmate um, Joseph de Rocher himself and his family. Wow. Uh, and Sister Helen is the central figure on the, uh, of the opera. Uh, and we experience her crisis of faith as she comes to grips with the issues surrounding the death penalty and surrounding this terrible crime. How moving that's going to be to see on stage. It's an extraordinarily powerful opera. Um, The the music is is incredibly accessible. It's incredibly dramatic. Mm -hmm. Uh, The production is very cinematic. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's a fantastic cast. We have Patricia Reset, the great American soprano, who will be singing her first Sister Helen. Oh, wow. And then Susan Graham, um, uh, another really loved um, American mezzo-soprano, a great favorite with Eric audiences, um, coming to sing the role of Mrs. de Rocher, Joseph de Rocher's mother. Uh, and the two scenes for his mother are, are two of the most unforgettably heartbreaking scenes in the entire repertoire. Mm. That is a must-see. Don Giovanni and Madame Butterfly is it yes, this year. Yes, Don Giovanni um, yes. in a fantastic production directed by Robert Falls. Obviously, everyone knows the artistic director of the Goodman Theatre. Um, it, it's very vivid. It's very dramatic. It's set in 1920s Spain. Um, in in this hashtag Me Too era, right. the 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 issues of Don Giovanni have never been more topical. And this is a production that really doesn't shy away from the violence and the viciousness of the title character. Yes, he may be charming. Yes, he may be dashing. Yes, he may be irresistible, but he's also a criminal. And the um, violence and the um, abuse that he inflicts on the other characters um, is 
very evident and, and very startling um, in this production by, by Robert Ford. Your descriptions are just wonderful. Makes me want to see everything. And I'm going to, by the way. And we have to, oh, we, so we have to mention the, the end of the ring. Too. Oh, for, Well, before that, we need to talk about Louisa Miller by Verdi. Ah, okay. Because next year sees the start of a series of early Verdi operas. Lyric, over the next five or six years, is going to be exploring uh, this rarely performed repertory. But it's wonderfully dramatic. It's wonderfully tuneful musically. Uh, and Louisa Miller is uh, one of Verdi's greatest early works. And we're, we conclude with the ring cycle. We conclude with the ring cycle, yes. the most mammoth undertaking yes. any opera company could ever do. Um, three complete cycles. Uh, we'd be building the four operas um, each year. Uh, Goethe Demerung, The Twilight of the Gods, uh, will be the fourth opera um, that we will introduce as a new production, followed immediately by three weeks, three cycles, one cycle in each week. Goethe Demerung. Goethe Demerung. Goethe Demerung. Just say The Twilight of that? the Gods. Goethe Demerung. Yeah, The Twilight of the Gods. There you go. I love this. This is wonderful, wonderful. 42nd Street. And 42nd Street, is I want to mention too. Yes. Um, all the way to um, the spring of 2020. Um, a gorgeous production um, originated at the Théâtre du Châtelet in Paris. Uh, a fantastic piece. Our audiences will be tap dancing along Wacker Drive after every performance. I cannot thank you enough. Where can people go to get information, to buy tickets, to... Th and this is all online to everything that we've been discussing. The End of the Ring Cycle, 42nd Street, Queen of Spades, Madame Butterfly, all part of one of the biggest and best seasons ever. Well, you lyric. can read... All about um, everything we've been discussing on our website, which is lyricopera.org. Um, you can call our um, ticket office on 312-827-5600. Um, best place to start is lyricopera.org because you'll get lots of information. Uh, you'll see lots of uh, video clips from productions. Uh, you can find out everything you need to know about lyrics uh, current season and next season. Excellent. I want to leave you with a text to most memorable junior high school field trip I ever took was of the Lyric Opera House followed by a performance. I was hooked. What an amazing place. Thank you so much for being here. Andrea, thank you for inviting us. It's always a great pleasure to join you. Me, For me as well. And you can listen to this podcast at WGNRadio.com a little later on tonight and tomorrow morning as well. So thank you so much. More after this on 720 WGN.